1: Gonna
0: do now is the Australian
1: Culture Test. Three simple question. three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest of accomplishments. Dresses headed yards of high-reachers. It
0: has big sleeves with. And good morning. This is Annie for Showreel. Our look at the Australian film industry and things that are going on in that. Sphere. And today we're going to highlight some of the things that are going on at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival that starts on Sunday the 9th and goes to the 16th of This month. And in the studio, we've got one of the filmmakers that is going to be shown later in the week. Uh, It's, uh, of course, Tunnel Vision. G'day,
1: Ivan. How are you? Morning, Annie. Great to be with you.
0: Yes, that's right. Now, we've spoken to you before, Ivan, but uh, now you've got a screening at the uh, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. So it would be great to know a little bit about the journey of Tunnel Vision, which, of course, was about the fabulous win around the stopping of the South West Tunnel Project across Melbourne that was going to cut the heart out of the the suburbs around here where we're actually uh, broadcasting from around Collingwood right across to Royal Park. Uh, it was stymied by community action and also the election of the Labor government that's in at the moment. It was a favourite uh, project of the Liberals and Transurban, but it was stopped. So thats what your film's all about, isn't it? The community action.
1: It is indeed, Annie, and uh, it's now. She it was. Uh, oh,
0: 2012 it was.
1: 2013. The activism commenced. Yeah. The film was completed uh, late 2015. Uh, September or thereabouts and since then we've had the opportunity to present the film to various festivals uh, both here in Australia and around the world Uh, and it's been screening uh, very successfully um, most recently in Turin at uh, Cinema Ambiente an environmental film festival there did a live cross uh, via Skype uh, after the screening it's showing in Colorado um, it screened late last year at the Australian Environmental Film Festival and toured uh, to uh, several capital states here. Uh, the screening in Sydney, actually, at the Ver- Verona uh, there in Paddington was a great opportunity to meet the West Connects, uh folk up there that are strongly campaigning uh, right at this moment to uh, stop the uh, $18 billion uh, toll road project that's uh, well underway up there, so there's been a lot going on, and we're thrilled to be part of the uh, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, as you mentioned. It's coming up, uh, starting this Sunday, uh, and screening for a week at three, I think, four different venues around town, and television screens at the Nova. Um, so we've got a you know a really great opportunity to showcase the the film in a in a fine uh, cinema here in Melbourne. And uh, that's happening on yeah, Sunday 16th at Cinema Nova, 5pm, screening with uh, a number of other great uh, docos uh, that day. Well,
0: oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, Tunnel Vision is a highly political film, really. It's a, a, of this moment. The reason for why it would be such a, a draw card in right across the world in different uh, documentary uh, film festivals would be because... Uh, the community is actually poised against these grand plans that uh, the big end of town seems to want to foist on everybody.
1: Well, it's a story. Although the East-West Link, uh, that project galvanised the community and got all the campaign action happening and the tunnel picketers were front and centre in that, if you recall, Uh, and and attracting a lot of media attention but it's really a story about community power and the fact that uh, you as an individual often feel I can say that you know through my own experience that you don't have a voice that you're not heard out there Um, and when you can get and galvanise a group of people and get that cohesion and collaboration between groups or individuals forming into groups that share a common passion uh, over issue or uh, various issues, then you can achieve a hell of a lot. And this is a real testament to people power.
0: And in fact, you were one of the people who lived in a house that was going to be affected and you as a filmmaker decided you were going to pick up your camera and start to document
1: Well, the the actual uh, introduction to me for East West was uh, when a drilling rig arrived unannounced in my street and started uh, to drill a 30-metre deep hole. Um, So, yeah, that attracted my interest. I'd heard a little about East West, but as you know, there was no community consultation between the government and the community. Most people, a majority of people were completely in the dark about really in the early stages as to what this project actually meant. You know, what were the dimensions of it and so on. So, yeah, I grabbed my camera at that early stage out of an interest, obviously, not really knowing the impact it would have on me personally nor the wider community, nor Melbourne in general, and a few days later, uh, citizens turned activists showed up at that drill site and entered the work zone, uh, workers' down tools, citing safety concerns, and it was a small victory, but a significant victory, and held you know, big things that were to come.
0: And one of the things about your film in particular is that it documents not just the actions but that range of community uh, skill base that applied itself to uh, stopping this, a a plan that appeared from the uh, big business and government view that it was a fait accompli, that so what, there's people who are concerned and making noises. So what, we're, we're the ones that are making the decisions. We're allowed to do this sort of stuff. But what was really compelling about this community action was the range of skills that were applied from legal down to standing there with placards by the roads consistently every day in the morning, not not giving them a break.
1: That's so true. Uh, I mean, City of Fiara, um, Moreland. I mean, a number of the the major inner city communities that stood up and got heard about this uh, project were uh, cr- crossed all echelons of of society, skills and backgrounds, and so on. I mean, it just cut across the whole profile of uh, the sorts of uh, people who cared, but people who had such a range of skills that they could apply them to their campaigning. And so you had uh, you know, wonderful uh, community members like Tony Murphy, uh, Harriet Mantell.
0: Prepared to put themselves there as, as uh, not just put their bodies on the line, but actually, like in uh, Tony's case, he was prepared to be a litigant, which isn't a mean,
1: you know, a small thing. Well, Tony Murphy versus the state of Victoria was a monumental uh, s- step forward in the campaign because it was going to bring the government to task and to, for the first time, try and be accountable to the community, particularly over the business case, the secret business case, that we as a community were not allowed to view. Now, uh, as many people said, if it's such a great business case, because the then government at the time was saying there was, a, I think, a dollar forty-five return, a forty return for every dollar invested... But they wouldn't release the business case. So, of course, if it was so good, why wouldn't you release it? And of course, it subsequently became very clear why they wouldn't release it, because it was a dog of a business case. And ultimately, when there was a change of government, and through uh, Tony Murphy's actions, through uh, Harriet Mantell and the Rack Group residents against the Tunnel Group and others, many others. Um, there had to be and there was indeed a change of uh, government at the uh, forthcoming, uh, the 14, November 14 election and it was then that the business case was released and, of course, it stated there was 45 cents in the dollar return. This was a loss-making project, a major loss-making project.
0: Which was going to uh, basically siphon off a huge amount of the state's revenue on infrastructure. Which was going to affect not just Melbourne, but the whole of the state of Victoria. All those country areas, all those places that they themselves have. And then it also focused on public transport, didn't it? Because that campaign wasn't just about stopping something, it was something, it was also about starting something.
1: Absolutely. And uh, of course... Yes, it wasn't just an anti-roads or anti-mega-roads thing. It was very much a pro-world-class public transport initiative and get that sort of infrastructure in place in Melbourne. Fortunately, we've now had a change of government that took notice of what the community was saying. uh, And fortunately, the Melbourne Metro Rail Project uh, shovels uh, start digging uh, next year It'll still be 2026, I think, before that project's completed. But that project alone will take, it's estimated, 18,000 cars per day off-roads.
0: Yeah, it's quite quite fascinating. And your film's going to be shown at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. We'll remind you about this. Music
2: Melbourne Documentary Film Festival returns from the 9th to the 16th of July at four venues, Howler, Longplay, Cinema Nova and the Laneway Learning Centre, featuring an array of stellar documentaries direct from South by Southwest Film Festival in Texas, Tribeca, Hot Docs, Sundance, Cannes and more, with over 80 documentaries on pop culture, music, investigative journalism, the environment, First Nations peoples and LGBTIQ communities, plus free masterclasses and high-profile guests. There really is something there for everyone. For more information, go to mdwf.org.au or get your tickets today via Event Finder, Mosh Ticks, or Film Freeway. A 3CR supporter.
0: Curiously enough, Ivan, um, on the 9th, which is the opening no- day of night of uh, day and night of uh, the Documentary Film Festival Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. Uh, which is focusing on Australian shorts, uh, short documentaries. Your daughter is a filmmaker being um, shown there.
1: Sophie, uh, daughter Sophie's um, a real big new talent in the uh, film space, Uh, writer, director. Her film uh, Ghost in the Machine uh, screens this Sunday at Howler, which is one of the venues, uh, 11am. Sophie's... um, you know, recently just received accolades and a lot of support out there in the film community and so on for not just her filmmaking but for uh, her uh, screen writing skills. And so it's been quite a thrill and an unexpected thrill, I must say, to suddenly discover that we both have uh, a film in the same uh, festival because I had no idea that uh, Soph had entered her film um, she probably had no idea. I have entered tunnel vision. So we both got a bit of a shock when we discovered we were going to share a bit of screen real estate together during the same festival. So that was a bit of a thrill and uh, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, seeing her career continue to blossom and grow. Um, she's a writer of f- formidable skills and talent and her cinematic work is uh, quite poetic and uh, compelling. So... Um, I think I'm in trouble, Annie.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a good kind of trouble that you'd want to be part of. And, uh, of course, Howler is at 7 to 11 Dawson Street, Brunswick. So if you want to be part of seeing these wonderful uh, films, which run from 11am right through to 10pm on that day, which is, you know, it's a big, it's a big thing. And, uh, the other programs run on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, later in the evening, starting at seven and going at 10. And then of course, full days on Saturday, the 15th and Sunday, the 16th for the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. Um, Ivan, why is such a festival like this important for a person like you who makes documentary films?
1: Do you know any... Despite the growing uh, interest in documentary film, I mean, it it really has, particularly with younger audiences, there's a big swell of... a groundswell of interest. Um, And the the bottom line is, well, where do you get to see such uh, films, independent films, films about subjects, people and subjects and so on that arguably really do matter in the sphere of uh, topics and culture and so on. And the answer is festivals. Um, I mean, television, by and large, free-to-air television, has completely given up its uh, interest in that genre, uh, sadly. And organisations like the ABC and SBS, they have... A sort of, you know, ongoing commitment to docos, but not the sort of one-off uh, feature-length uh, shorts. Completely forget it. Uh, that um, really a lot of the independent makers, filmmakers, uh, are actually creating. So
0: the- well, the, the waters have been muddied because they would call the commercial outfits would call, uh, say, MasterChef, a documentary style. Uh, Series or uh, Home Improvements or whatever it's called. Something about homes being built by a competitive team. But, of course, that's that's spectacle, isn't it? That's not actually dealing with uh, political issues that are happening at this moment for real people in uh, the Australian context.
1: Of course. Uh, I mean, political issues, uh, human issues for that matter, uh, important issues in terms of uh, our future, environmental issues, uh, social justice issues. I mean, the, the list is enormous. And that's why festivals are increasingly gaining audience. And I think it's a great shame that, um, particularly um, if I think about the ABC's role uh, in, in particular, that they haven't got space in their programming any longer for those independent and often compelling voices to be heard. So I think it's a loss to the Australian community. It certainly uh, diminishes our cultural richness uh, and that sort of diversity and the voices and opinions and views that make uh, this country something special, I think.
0: But it actually affects our democracy. It does. Yeah, it does. Uh, So uh, it's it's a great thing to... uh, to see that uh, something as local as the fight against the East-West Link has uh, really been encapsulated in your film Tunnel Vision, but also that it allows... Because, that you know, it's famously said that, you know, if something's not documented, then it didn't happen. Mm. And we hear on the news re- recently that Matthew Guy, who is the opposition leader here in Victoria... That they haven't got it off their their uh, plan list. They think that uh, you know a new improved uh, east west link is a real goer. They still think it's a goer.
1: Well, i I've had I have heard similar comments that uh, Matthew Guy has claimed he's going to return to the uh, campaign trail next year when we have uh, another state election with a revised, improved uh, east west uh, link toll road. To put forward now, maybe that won't happen if he's been listening at all to the community and has any understanding whatsoever about infrastructure solutions for Melbourne that are sustainable. Of course, we won't hear boo about it. But if we do, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd hate to think that you know television two is going to happen, Annie. But um, you know, really, uh, the learning out of that whole uh, exercise and that whole campaign and the result of it all. Uh, even at that time, I think, uh, then Prime Minister uh, Tony Abbott said that the state election then was a referendum on the east-west link. Well, the referendum's been held, the people's voice has been heard, the decision was resoundingly made to reject east-west. The public simply didn't want it. People, in uh, particularly in the outer suburbs, who have less uh, transport, public transport options... Um, they were just stunned that yet again they'd been neglected and overlooked and that uh, long-overdue public transport solutions were not on the agenda as far as uh, the then government, uh, the LNP government then, were concerned. East-West meant nothing you know, to them and offered no benefits to them. East-West, in fact, was a road built for the freight industry. Uh, it wasn't a road built for commuters or uh, you know, regular um car users, it was really a solution for the freight industry to move uh, you know, heavy uh, uh, transporters and so on around.
0: It's quite interesting, isn't it, because uh, your film really points out a lot of this stuff and uh, also it shows the hard work that all these different campaigners put into understanding what was being put forward because generally speaking, uh, the population is fed and was fed Uh, In um, mainstream news reports, uh, animated versions of the wonderful new road, Uh, they were presented uh, it in terms of how it was going to reduce their journey from one side of the city to the other, Uh, all these kind of things which were all actually just uh, promotional spin because it left out the story that all the infrastructure funds for the whole of Victoria was going to be sucked into this mega project, that actually the only people that were going to make a profit out of it was a private operator, that it was going to be a sinkhole for generations uh, of public money, and that uh, actually. One that really stuck out was the wonderful piece of research that uh, the uh, train line that had been muted in the 1880s out to the outer suburbs yeah. hadn't even... No no sod of soil had been turned.
1: Well, that uh, grassy strip down the centre of the Eastern Freeway was in fact uh, reserved for, for a train. So the a, a train line out to the eastern suburbs was first, uh, I think... Uh, Discussed and planned at a government level in yeah 1896. Yeah, really early. So you know we're, we're, we'll we'll slowly get there. You know you don't want to be in a hurry about uh, uh, projects that uh, might benefit to, the you know, public, the, the, uh, the community. That's right. So all those layers you talk about um, the um, uh, the government spin, uh, the promotional videos, uh, the political positioning that took place uh, between essentially it was two camps. You know the the supporters of mega roads as a solution to congestion, and those that uh, wanted world-class public transport to get cars off roads. Uh, so in the film and um, the feedback we're getting about Tunnel Vision is it's a very powerful film because it it goes beneath the surface of simply the campaign to stop East West. It actually brings in the political layers, uh, some of the promotional. Uh, videos the government made, uh, certainly mainstream media's commentary and uh, points of view, which was an important part of the uh, uh, story layer because it meant that um, public opinion was being shaped and still is shaped uh, by mass media. So the Fairfax and Murdoch press had very, and media generally had very different points of view about it. So there's that layer that works in the film. And, of course, first and foremost is the community voice and those activists in the community that were instrumental in making a big difference to the outcome.
0: You know, one of the things that stands out for my, me in the memory of all this was uh, the, uh, there was this campaign done by the main, by the Herald Scum around uh, some of the activists where they decided that they were going to pinpoint particular ones, you know, and the, the famous... Uh, front page of uh, that paper with uh, Anthony Maine as a serial pest which which of course he wore as a as a badge of honor uh, but the thing that really stuck out for me was uh, uh um, these demonstrators were steadfast and they were standing outside the uh A big theatre in the city, which was being the uh, was going was a uh, black tie event for big business and uh, public servants.
1: Well, I mean, the whole, if you like, the front line of the uh, the community campaign was the Tunnel Picker Group, and they were gaining traction. They were they were getting heard. The mainstream media were all over them.
0: They were furious
1: all over them. And part of the reason they were all over them is that um, news loves a bit of drama, and the, the Tunnel of Picketers provided plenty of it, because um, uh, the police increasingly became more aggressive and violent, and of course, that ends up in there being confrontation. Mainstream media love confrontation, and, and so news was all over it. But the perspectives that the various mainstream groups brought to it were vastly different. Fairfax had a, uh, I'll just call it a balanced uh, take on it. And they were listening to the community and did investigative and other stories that actually revealed some of the lies, outright lies, that the government was telling about the benefits or alleged benefits of East West um, in fact, it was going to be a congestion maker, not a congestion buster. You build more roads. Fifty years of doing that demonstrates that it doesn't reduce cars it, uh, or, or congestion. It actually increases it. Well, you have no alternative uh, transport available. So car dependency breeds more cars. But the, uh, the on the other hand, the Murdoch press were scathing in their attacks basically on the community. But rather than address the issues, they addressed and tried... To deride individuals in the campaign, like Anthony Mayne, like Tony Murphy, and others, serial pests. um, You know anything that would uh, demonstrate that these were kind of like professional protesters. They had nothing better to do and avoid the issues altogether.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. Tell them again, Ivan, the listeners where they can see this great film.
1: They can see this great film at the Nova. uh, At the Nova, Sunday the sixteenth at the Nova five. PM. It's screening with uh, secret matters. There's a number of great films on that day, but if they can get to the Nova, I'd love to catch up with people, have a chat about the film. There's a Q and A afterwards, and uh, yes, all power to the people.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll go out with um, an announcement again about the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, so that you can work out how you're going to get your tickets. www.mdf.org.au gives you the entire program, but we'll hear the announcement. We'll go out with uh, uh, Future by Beth King and the Hemingway Company. And coming up next is Published
2: or Not. Bye-bye. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival returns from the 9th to the 16th of July at four venues, Howler, Longplay, Cinema Nova and the Laneway Learning Centre, Featuring an array of stellar documentaries direct from South by Southwest Film Festival in Texas, Tribeca, Hot Docs, Sundance, Cannes and more. With over 80 documentaries on pop culture, music, investigative journalism, the environment, First Nations peoples and LGBTIQ communities. Plus free master classes and high profile guests. There really is something there for everyone. For more information go to mdwf.org.au. Or get your tickets today via Event Finder, MoshTix or Film Freeway. A 3CR supporter. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.